You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show. A lot of pressure on us now uh, in, in, in our kind of radio capacity right now. We've got, um, I guess you'd say, a pioneer of Australian radio. It wasn't really a big Generous. thing. It wasn't a big thing until he was around. Maybe there was Lawsy. Mm. I think he kind of had a bit of a following. Yeah, but then, pretty, I think it was, I mean, I think, I think it was pretty big in the 20s. It was in the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like it was like it kind of came in a bit after TV, some of these. Um, uh, you know. yeah, I think he wrote a bit on the coattails of Richard Mercer. Mm. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, Hot thirty stuff. I was obviously like you know post Hot thirty countdown. Ugly Phil, mm-hmm. he's a trailblazer. The uh, what's that fucking the Spoon Man? Spoon Spoonie Man on yeah. the M's, mate. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Spoonie, we learn a lot from Spoonie. Um, Spoonie's a rare unit. Do you know Spoonie? Oh God, I'm going to get this wrong, but I reckon you'd be a chance to get him on if you wanted to. Yeah, he, we love Spoon Man. We yeah. were like, put Spoon Man in breakfast. Like Spoon Man was on Triple M, like he ten, was so controversial, ten, ten to twelve, and and. I wasn't a religious listener, but every time I listened, it was odds on he'd be talking about cyclists needing registration plates, like license plates, and a real beanie's bothered about cyclists. Like you've got to register them, and it's if they're on the road, if they want to be treated as a car, register them so you can report them. That always seemed to be a hot topic. But we like we were a big fan of Spoon Man because oh, he was raw and he had honest opinions. And and it's actually it was almost a pretty good Spoon Man impression there. <laughs> And he, because he got deep, he got real deep on the mic. He really ate yeah. that mic. And we were often asked, like you'd often, we were in the drive slot and we sort of did a, you know, I, I think me and Andy did like, you know, five or six years in drive and he'd wrote, different markets would be rotating through their breakfast shows. So the conversation would always come up with people that ran the radio station, like, you know, who do, who, who do you reckon would be a good breakfast show? Because they're always looking at replacing breakfast shows, <laughs> like quite a lot in FM radio. Yeah, like breakfast. Yeah. a bit. I mean, to the point where... Well, we were always pushing for Spoon Man, but he never got up. We were always like, get Spoonie in. Spoonie's what you need in drive. You need a big spoonful of Spoon Man for breakfast. He doesn't keep regular hours. He's good. He he, get up. Just no. tell him to stay up a bit later and he'll do <laughs> yeah. breakfast and go to sleep. But like, this is a classic. This is my, one of my favourite stories from Radio Days in, as an example of how quickly you rotate through breakfast shows. All right. One year, me and Andy, like we, we took a few years off doing drive and then we came back, I think, for like three years, two and a half years. We were like, we'll come back, but um, we've got some stuff to do, so we're not going to start till like mid-year. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no worries. So I think we started about May or June, whatever year it was, like maybe 2017. And so when we came in, and it's like the old radius building we'd been in, but it's been a couple of years since we'd done Drive. Like our old boss, Dave, the head of content for the whole of Australia, all yep. he's like, look, guys, you know, you're the Drive show, national, but want to want to get you up to speed with what where the breakfast shows are at around the country because, you know, you'll be the drive show to several other breakfast shows because it's syndicated. Yeah. And, like, we're really excited. Like, just, you know, it's a much different place than you left. Really want to jazz you up. We've got a sizzle reel. We've got a sizzle reel we want to show you in the boardroom just to fire you up about, you know, it's a great feeling. Great yeah. feeling at the network. So, okay, yeah, great. So we sit down. You know, there's about 10 minutes while they have to call someone up to figure out how to get the screen to work. And finally, the screen works. The sizzle reel starts. And it's like, you know, the... Today Network, like, you know, oh, your favourite music. And there's music like, your favourite shows. Your, your, fi- music, your favourite music. A tears gun cold. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. 
It's like, boo, 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 like, hey, Australia, it's pink. Boo, 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 hey, your favorite breakfast shows. And it's like, you know, Fifi and Fev in Melbourne. It's like, and on, you know, in Adelaide, we've got. I can't remember. She was like, we've got Millie, Simon. And straight away, Dave goes, she's gone, actually. She's been back. <laughs> Sorry, we'll change that show. This is an old sizzle. This is a sizzle from January. This is a quick turnaround. This is a sizzle from yeah. Jan. And yes, they're gone. And then, like, later on, later on, there's another show from, like, Newcastle. Like, we're changing them, too. We are getting rid of them. <laughs> the sizzle involved, like, five, already five has-beens. And it's why, it's for the same reason, that's why when it works, they stay. Oh, you stay. Yeah. Even when it works a little bit. <laughs> it's hard to make it work. You hold on. You yeah. just hold on. I, I was just thinking back with Spoon Man before. Um, yeah. And we'll get we'll get towards he introducing is, him in a second. He is, oh, I like being the mystery guest. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty much just a cab driver who never who, who never sleeps. <laughs> like, so it's like it's like you're hopping a cab at tennis, like, where have you been, mate? I said, Oh, I've been uh, I've been out in Richmond. Oh fuck Richmond, mate. It's <laughs> full of fucking drunks, people spewing in my taxi. I, I, I mean, was he a cab driver? He was a cab driver, wasn't he? I think maybe er- earlier on. I think that was his actual pedigree though, for yeah. getting into radio to go, I mean, every man Well it, it explains a lot if that's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean there is no real there's no, you know, there's one destination, many paths. Like everyone's yeah. got a different way into the building. Remember that BBC bit of footage, that sort of viral footage where the guy was a driver. He turned up to pick someone up. In It was on like a BBC talk show, like an early morning talk. Do you remember that? No, 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 no. Where the guy goes, this could be Spoon Man's explanation. He might have just come to yeah. pick someone up one night and get, <laughs> just wandered into the studio and gone, oh, yeah, I don't know how one. to talk. Do you remember the guy yeah, just, yeah, sitting, yeah. just sitting there because he was just like in the back corridors just in a in a just a guy in a blazer, like you know, yeah. he was in a driver's uniform, and yeah. someone's gone, great, and you can see his face. Yeah, like- he's like, great. The finance minister's here. You good yeah. to go? Or like you know, you're you're an economist, <laughs> and he was just too nice. I think he just froze yeah. and didn't say anything. So they marked him up and put, <laughs> put, put him on the set. Yeah, yeah. And then they come back but- live and go, all right, well, you know, we're um, you know, economy, the economy's tanking and yeah. unemployment's up here to talk about his finance finance specialist, yeah. like Greg, whatever. Yeah. The guy, he's just smiling, going. It's like- <laughs> it's like- I'm not. Uh, yeah, I um, I I'm, think um, okay. Um, okay. So, I can uh, get you. I'm like, a, I'm like, a, I think Professor Hargraves is having a panic attack, so we'll just move across here <laughs> to join you with weather. And he was like, was like I, I was I'm just driver. here. I was yeah. just here to pick someone up. <laughs> I can get you from Wembley to Hackney in 10, 15 minutes. I know the shortcuts, but so, I don't know how I ended up here. It's not a bad move, though, if you ever find yourself on live breakfast TV and you don't want to answer the question. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, that's not me. I'm just a driver that <laughs> accidentally wandered onto set. Spoonman was the first person to get cancelled, I think, in my experience of people getting cancelled. Because I remember tuning in one night, for whatever reason, I was working somewhere, and I tuned in. It was the day after Steve Irwin had died. Oh, right. And Spoonman had come out with a catastrophically hot take the <laughs> night of Steve Irwin's death, which is said... Well, do we say good riddance to a man that harassed animals for a living? <laughs> and everyone's like, the next night, it's obviously <laughs> made the newspaper. It's full of controversy. <laughs> <laughs> the next night, the phone Save calls. my job. <laughs> the punters that called in the next night was just sensate. It was like, look, Spoonie, you know I love you. But what you said last night about Steve Irwin was beyond the pale. Yeah. Like, there was just 
And he's like, yeah, look, I apologize. You know, well, I don't apologize for what I said, but I should have said it differently. You know, like yeah. just unabashed, but also what? the true oh. talkback guy that's offending his own audience. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> that's a tough. That's a tough card to play. You have a. It's a really interesting one from Spoon Man. No, yeah. I mean, no, your crowd just. Just, like, I reckon there's a fair bit of anti Irwin sentiment, and tonight's the night to find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real, real raw. I wonder what Jeez. he's doing now. Oh, no, he's still he's still in the loops. I think he's to be doing VOs and stuff like that. I think no. he. I think he. he yeah, so, he, he's, Uber. He's lost the graveyard shift. Okay, but I. I th- last I heard, he was down in Tassie. Ah, yeah. Now yeah, you like, could have moved to Tassie. Could have. Yeah. You can we? You've just moved cities. Did lockdown break you? Is that why you moved? No, we were going to move before. <laughs> we did plan to move before lockdown, but lockdown. It, it, it had low chances of turning the tide, <laughs> low chances of changing our mind. So the, the wheels were in motion and the decision had sort of been made about March, just as COVID was sort of hitting. Yep. And, I mean, we sort of delayed. We were like, okay, well, it's probably not the time to do it now. But we sort of, we knew we were moving. And then when the second lockdown in Melbourne happened and it, that, that sort of, I don't know, whatever it was, 100 days it just felt like one long day, to be honest. Oh, brutal. Uh, but that second lockdown, there was no point where we sort of turned around and went, I don't know, you know. <laughs> now, that we've, now that we've been only in 5Ks of our house for the last 94 days. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah, this is growing on me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Each time I drive from the airport in Melbourne um, into town, I'm like, just, just imagine if you had to spend 5Ks Within Coburg, or you, should, you like were definitely luckier just, five k's. There is, there is just not that much, like there's not that much there, is it? Well, there's not really? much to look at in Melbourne. They've but got you a lot can going find on. it. Yeah. There's lots of stuff to find. Yeah, yeah. no, we we almost got Stockholm syndrome, I guess, from the ha- like we maybe like we're cancelling the move. This is all we yeah. ever need forever. We're not we're not doing five. But the culture, the culture in Melbourne's the draw card, and when it's findable. When, when, and when lockdowns on, that was you, tough. You're missing the comedy, yeah. and you're missing the and the bars totally. and the restaurants, bars, <laughs> restaurants, live music, sport, comedy. When you take that out, and, and that's all of Triple M, <laughs> you basically take out Triple M's positioning statement. Triple M. You take out rock, sport, and comedy, and, yep. and plus live music and, and coffee shops. Yep. And it, the food it was, it was tough. It, yeah. was, it, 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 it was suddenly you were just. It was like being in a nightclub when the lights are on and the chairs are up. Oh, it's like, ah, lost and its magic a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. Oh, that's what this. That's what this room looks like. Yeah. That's what it smells like. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you go back to a nightclub the, the day after you've lost a wallet. <laughs> yes, and, and the mate, guy's do you have like, a brown jacket here. <laughs> and the guy's like, mate, just go down and have a look. <laughs> the, the cleaners didn't find anything. You're just like, okay, oh. But it, it does have that strange thing of going. I fought so hard to get into this room last night. Yeah. I, I I gave everything to get in here, and now the trick is over, and yeah. you yeah. can just wander around freely yeah, yeah. in this basement. And it is the furniture doesn't look so good at the moment. It's this- not the hot. It's not the sexiest place I've ever seen anymore. But it, but that, having said that, like Melbourne, you know, there was a great camaraderie in Melbourne. Mm. Everyone kind of like made do, and it was everyone mm, yep. everyone shoulder to shoulder. That but you know, gee, we missed the life mm. of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Sounds a lot like North Korea. Yeah. We did it. Yeah, for yeah. <laughs> oh, we're trying to bait a dictator Dan out of you. <laughs> I know he's listening from his the rehab unit, and I, we send thoughts and prayers. No, but like every single time a camera crew goes down to the Albert in Melbourne, they always are out the front, and always there is a helicopter coming or going. So you've got the person on the ABC like. No, he's just broken a couple of vertebrae. <laughs> I think he's going to be all right. 
Uh, we got some good uh, hate mail yesterday from someone who's obviously, you know, and they, there's a couple of deranged camps. There's like the deranged I love Dan camps and there's the deranged I hate Dan. It was, it was the latter. <laughs> emailed us and goes, look at you guys. Fucking bias much? Not going to take the piss out of Dan Andrews slipping over and ending up in intensive care. We're like, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's biased to not. What do we reckon, guys? This guy that's yeah. been bothering steps. What yeah. are we saying? Good riddance. I was gonna. Do, I was gonna do one. It's like it's like he's not the first person to do his ass on the Mornington Peninsula. On a long weekend or what? Uh, look, I I mean, I, I'd say I'm just firmly in the middle. I mean, he did a great... He, yeah. It worked. Mm. It worked, so you got You absolutely got to... Uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. He didn't have an easy job. I, I don't think anyone was waking up going, geez, I'd love to be Premier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the only thing that graded was like, you know, love indifference to whatever the politics were I reckon it was just it was just the boredom that got to people it was like mm. I mean he would have been bored too he, he didn't I don't think he wanted to do a hundred gigs straight but just every day <laughs> yeah. doing a press conference it was like being on a cruise ship yeah and there's one band. One night in yeah. Bangkok. And if they're like, even if they're awesome, after seeing them a hundred times, you're like, all right, I just need another act. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I think everyone yeah. just got sick of watching the same gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it was. It must have been brutal. Like, but don't you love it in lockdown? I mean, elsewhere in the country, you only had that six weeks at the start of the year. But that well, that was great fun. That felt that felt like a fun run. Yeah, yeah. we're all doing it. You know, people in Italy are singing on balconies. Like yeah. everyone's cooking sourdough. Yeah, yeah. We're all making funny videos in our garage yeah. it felt like a real fun run and yeah. then the 100 day felt like an ultra marathon in jeans yeah. you didn't, that you didn't, that you got told to run with five minutes notice yeah it was pretty quick to snap to because like because initially that was going to be six weeks too and we had it marked on our calendar it was i remember it was september the 13th i think it was like that was the six week mark and we had like the calendar in the kitchen and the kids were marking it off and as we we're like two weeks out and there's still like five or six hundred cases a day or something. I said to my wife, hey, take the calendar down. This is <laughs> this is not good for morale. <laughs> it's definitely not ending on the 13th. And then it just went on and on and on. Yeah, it, it just sounded like, you know, the, the the one thing that I love though is when you're like, you're taking it seriously. you got a calendar. Everyone's taking it seriously. And then in lockdown, you hear of like, I don't know, 19-year-old bartenders who are selling takeaway drinks out of a bar and they've employed their mate, three mates as cleaners, and then they get pissed and invite 10 more people. You know the people who are just like, no, no, we're actually just going to break the rules like, here and have yeah, a pen. I, mean, I'm like, he, there were, I guess there were pockets that I never really heard. I got respect for those it's kids. Not, yeah, it's not like I didn't get invited to any COVID parties. I didn't hear of any going on. I think, guys, I guess because I'm like circulating more in like the family yeah. side of things, everyone's like doing the right thing. I got respect for the kids. They had a horrible year, you know, and they ended well, up having their schoolies oh, mate, on Noosa. Yeah. Being a single, being single too, <laughs> like in your prime, we know now. Like I'm 39. Yeah, the prime is gone. Mm. But you have you have a sense, right? When yeah. you're 23, there is a sense of going, God, you know, I eat what I want. Yeah. I get hammered all the time. I bounce back. My body, my skin's full yeah. of elastin. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm full of collagen. I have no capillaries. I'm rich, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm rich as hell. I'm clearing 650 a week. Yeah. I got no expenses. Like, yeah. I, that if my is hangover's the, real bad, I'll smoke a cone. Yeah, like, that is the prime of your life, and you got it clamped down for you. Like, oh. brutal. The, probably the best. I, I was probably the best teacher. I'm, I'm like, just hitting middle age. I'm 39. I got mm. two kids. 
I wasn't going out anyway. And your, like, kids, yeah. your kids aren't like crying baby age. They're like yeah, they playful were, fun age. They were like, in the case of event of emergency, just put the iPad on and we can all just regroup by watching <laughs> Zootopia again and then like, find the strength to continue. Well, it was interesting because when, uh, when it all started to kick off in Melbourne again in the, the middle of July, we were down in Sydney on business and there was like 20 cases here on like the 10th and then 45 on the 11th and the pubs and everything were all open and it was like the sacking of Rome because <laughs> everyone knew that it was about to be closed down and yeah. there's just people out the front of pubs projectile vomiting well, well, on, on the, the footpath. That's the thing, the night... Like, rush be- it in. Because yeah. they, because they <laughs> got 48 hours. Get your fill! 40, 48 hours we're locking you down. It was it was like the zombie apocalypse like driving near my house in Richmond. It was just like people... Sp- it was like they run the premiership again. It's like people all over the street. It was like, this has got to be doing more harm than good. I know. Like, it's going to be four more weeks to undo all the damage yeah. from this night. Just this night, because... It doesn't matter what you say to people. If you give them a deadline, yeah. they, you know, like, it's like, please be careful until, but, you know, pubs are still open right now. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. it's not like when we all sung carols in World War One with the with the Germans and played soccer on Christmas Eve. Like, there is no truce with the virus. <laughs> like, the virus isn't going to go, all right, I'll give you 48 hours, but after that, I'm virulent as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Coming yeah. back as a deadly strain. <laughs> Phase the, two. The best one was the beaches. Bondo was a good one where it's like... Uh, it was that perfect yeah. little patch it's- where you could really be quite selfish, where it's like you've been let go from work, but business hasn't shut down and lockdown hasn't come in. So it's like, you're off work. <laughs> go to the beach <laughs> with 40,000 other people. Yeah, <laughs> and it was 39 and there was no wind. And it was like, I was like, where do we go? To one of the most iconic beaches in the world because we're Australians and yeah. nothing bad happens to us. Yeah. Let's put this salt in the air and that's a yeah. known antiviral. Yeah. <laughs> it hates the heat, mate. It, it hates the like heat. It. But that's why when we first moved to Sydney, I was like, I was walking around Bondi with my wife. She was like, why there's there so many cops around Bondi? I was like, honey, remember, it's like... Several weekends in a row, it accidentally became the poster child of irresponsible behaviour. Like, I'm sure there's tons of irresponsible behaviour happening, but it's just like, please, guys, just not at Bondi, not again. Yeah. Like, six times in a row, it's really beginning to look bad. And you look at some of those beaches during lockdown. It's like it looks like they're it's bigger. You know, it's like it's a you'll never see that again. Yeah, Bondi maybe, Beach. Yeah. I just I don't know, those I mean, weird uh, Melbourne beaches. The Melbourne, <laughs> the face mask thing in Melbourne, because like, we did a hundred days with face masks all the time outside. We got so you got so used to it, it was really odd going back to mm. walking around outside of Melbourne without a face mask, even though it should have felt weird the whole time. Like I live near the MCG, and so that was our exercise. Like we'd mm. walk through the G, and you know you didn't have to wear one if you were running. Mm. And so I decided to like I can't run, but I was like, well. You know, fuck, we're all doing, we're all taking up wild hobbies. So I downloaded an app called Couch to 5K, which is like to get you up to 5K's distance. Most of it's walking, especially at the start. So you, you know, you run for two minutes and you walk for two minutes. Pole to pole. But yeah, it's a bit bit of that, bit of sprint to the next light pole. So you run, but you don't need a face mask while you're running. And then you stop. And I'm like, well, I'm not putting, you know, you're exercising still, but you would get, you know, if someone kind of turned a corner and saw you walking, not running, mm. and you weren't masked, it was, Judgment. oh, oh, it was, and you were like, 
300 metres away and you could feel the scowls and the points of that guy that guy down there he's, he's unmasked and then you'd start running again everyone's like oh fill your boots of course yeah. you've got to get your exercise <laughs> you completely now, now you can huff and puff and you'll be totally fine but it became this weird thing with like and then suddenly on a Friday there was still that vibe and then on Monday everyone's unmasked and we're back to normal we yeah. figured about it again oh man where it's just in Brisbane it was a bit of the inverse where you know You'd see another person who didn't have a mask. And what, you don't trust like, me? What's, what's wrong, and it what's was wrong with me? You don't trust like me? Like a knowing nod, like, brother. Yes. <laughs> but also, you see someone with a mask in Brisbane, you start, you know, you don't trust me? Why are you wearing a mask? You think I'm gross? You think I'm fucking, you think I got the virus, mate? No yeah. one up here has there's, it. No there's one's no virus up here. But I still, I, do, I still do remember, like, in the first lockdown, I would see people wearing masks down the street. And the general vibe, even in Melbourne, was like, oh, slow down, Hascam. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Chill out, bro. Yeah. Righto, Sazi. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then it got really real. <laughs> well, from there, I- I'm going to clarify now, Hamish is in Batuta. Um, I've flown up, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's it's Tourism like, Australia, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You know, Holiday here this year, specifically t- Batuta. Yeah, Visit yeah. our cities, that's the current campaign. Batuta, of course, being one of the proud cities on that list. Uh-huh. Tourism reliant. Cheap tickets, etc. But I want to clarify now that this isn't paid by um, Tourism Australia. But we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff because Although you're the only be. person I know who's been on holidays recently. Um, just because you're, you're you're part of getting this off the ground again, domestic tourism. True. How has that been? Like, it looked like the other day you had Lord Howe Island to yourself. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. you always have... We booked that trip six months ago, and I, until we were there, I did not think that was going to happen. It's really hard to get to Lord Howe Island <laughs> because you always have it to yourself. Have you guys ever been? No. no I'd like been. to go. 400-person cap. Yeah. Really? So there's only 400 visitors allowed on the island ever. Yeah. So their whole economy is based off 400 tourist beds. There's about 300 locals, and then that's it. They're like, we don't make anything, we don't export anything, we don't, we don't mess with it. So what that means is it's kind of like a theme park... The whole island's like a theme park, but the theme is 80s t- small town. <laughs> that's what it is. There's like, there's like a few roads, yeah. car, the speed limit's 25. Like a New Zealand horror film. Yeah, <laughs> or, or Auckland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Auckland in general. Yeah. It's like, speed limit's 25, like, there's one kind of cafe. Bit of drink driving, I imagine. Not that you, I mean, well, you, you, you didn't have a car with you, but... No, yeah. I mean, probably, like, maybe, maybe not. Because yeah, the only people who've got a car are locals. Yeah. And, and there's not even really that much of a need for a car because everyone just rides yeah. bikes. And you, yeah, right. But even, you sort of stay there for like two days and then the locals know who's on the island because <laughs> there's not that many people on the island. And so they'll see you riding along down the other end of the island. They're like, mate, aren't you staying up near, uh, you guys are up near Ned's Beach, aren't you? Yeah. yeah, just chuck the bike in the back. I'll give you a lift up. <laughs> oh, right. So everyone just becomes a local. Yeah. Like yeah. I got invited to the Nippers Sausage Sizzle yeah, right. on a Saturday morning. You just can't, it's, that's the beauty of the island. Yeah, and that, that, that feels warm when you get the, when, when the tourism town gives you the call up. And that, but that's the thing. It's like mm. they just love, they've sort of like, they've nailed the number. What I find most remarkable is it's been like that for decades. Yeah. And so I was chatting to the guy, like, you know, you say, like, oh, we've got a fishing tour tomorrow. I'm not sure who it's with. And they'll go, no, no, that's, uh, yeah, you're out with, um, with Ken. You're with Brad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it might be him. Like, no, it's him. That's, that's, that's it. That's the yeah. boat. There's one boat. That's, that's who you go with. You, you, you go out with Brad. All oh, right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll double check. Well, unless you're on the barge that comes every two weeks, <laughs> yeah. that's the boat on the island. You go to Brad. So, so there's no like locals only fucking tourists no, attitude no, at all. Like, they, they get it. Like, Every yeah. local says hi. Everyone yeah, wants right. to know if you're all right. Do you need anything? All the kids like there is a school there that has like 30, 40 kids in it. That's all like the local island kids, and they're all like, yeah. waving and loving it. So, what I was most impressed 
because this is I was having this conversation with Brad the fisherman. So, mate, surely there's obviously like a town body, like you know some sort of like board yeah. or whatever. It would come up that they go if we raised it to five hundred beds. We'd all make twenty five percent more money. Like, yeah. like surely someone along the line has gone. You know, it's not. You know, there's like three other people on the beach. Like, surely no, yeah. someone's gone. Nah, we could, slippery slope, mate. Slippery slope. But it is, and they've really stuck firm, and that's why it's a really incredible place. So it's like it is incredible for its natural beauty, but I found it more incredible it's, as a social, yeah. the social experiment well, that yeah, haven't yeah. budged. I've read that the property on. The island, like say, I don't think you can buy it. You can, but in the charter for the whole island, um, first dibs are given to other islanders. Yep, yeah. So nothing ever goes to market there. Yeah, it's not like you could just buy a block. Right, I didn't know. Did I've met people that to, work um, there as porters, like the yeah, the young kids that get jobs over there, and they love it because you get they yeah. get free reign. You know, and the I mean? funny thing is the boat. The boat, the barge, the mm. you know, the main. It comes out of. I'm not sure it comes out, of, but comes across from the mainland every two weeks, mm. and it's it's like it's everything. It's like you know, Dan yeah. Murphy's orders, alcohol, post. Yeah. If someone's ordered a bike or a car, that would be a big event. Like, <laughs> there's not many on the island, so there's probably like a ceremony for that. <laughs> but everyone gets pretty excited on boat day. We were there for boat day. I mean, the you know, there's always stuff. There's always stuff on the island. The mail, it's so exciting. It, it really is. It yeah. really would be. There's no mobile phone towers, yeah. so you've got landlines or mail. They've only just sort of got the internet, and it's kind of divided the island. Like they kind of wish they didn't yeah. have it. Right. But it's it's dial-up speeds. Yeah. But it used to be a place where it was like, hey, throw that thing in the drawer because yeah. it's useless here, and we've got payphones if you need them. Well, that oh. they only just eradicated rats on the island, I think, and that was yeah. a bit of snitches. A- yeah. Contentious issue. Yeah. <laughs> anyone that was, t- everyone was telling the mainland yeah. how good it was. Yeah. yeah. No rats on no, the island. You know, over there, they don't, they don't fuck around with these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll kill you. If you're a rat, they'll kill you. No. So it was this really kind of like pristine bubble. And I, and I think a lot of people liked going there mm. because you just can't get phone reception. You couldn't yeah. get even yeah. email. You, so you get like a dribble of Wi Fi, but that's, that's kind of it. But the boat, what, what happens, you realize like, like the culinary situation on the island is you can either have, Absolutely, the world's most incredible fresh kingfish and crayfish and like deluxe yeah. gourmet fare, or frozen chicken. Yeah. <laughs> you can have nuggets yeah. or crayfish <laughs> because it's like you can either have some anything, but seafood is like world class. Any other food has to last two weeks in the deep freeze because yeah. we only get food every two weeks. Oh man. Well, look, I don't want to say I have to go there because that would look like we're being paid. Um, but don't, Well, really, you know, use it as an analogy. To, I, I'd never thought about this place until we started doing stuff with Tourism Australia. Yeah. And, and I'd never seen it until I was looking at your Instagram. It's fucking... No, and then I was like... some sort of fucking Jurassic Park setup. But what it was a good, good reminder of, and this is the whole point of the Tourism Australia thing, and that is legitimately why we're having a lot of fun doing it. It's just that thing of going... There's places you haven't thought of. I think we think yeah. you kind of think that you got you know everywhere good in Australia and you might have been, mm. but there's a lot of great stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff, and it doesn't have to be as elaborate as Lord Howe. Like I'm, I'm heading up north camping with my little guy next week. I'm pulling him out of school, and we're going to hit a few secluded camping spots yeah. up the central coast. Oh, beauty! Can't wait. Got to go to Broken Hill for the Priscilla Festival. See, Bro- Broken yeah. Broken Hills. Yeah, Priscilla Festival is called Broken Hill. That's good. And apparently, it's That's really just a full blown outback drag show. When is it? <laughs> September. I wonder if you could Denny Ute muster it straight into Broken Heel, straight into Burnsville <laughs> well, races. Yeah, straight into... <laughs> Just crawling around the yeah, outback. The, the desert uh, spring carnival into Batuta. We got the races yeah. on the week before, Birdsville. Yeah, it goes uh, Batuta, Birdsville, and then up to Baduri where they've got the camel races. 
yeah, right, change um, formats. Yeah. The scariest or, or thing Or get is, your paper yeah. mache hump on your horse. It's <laughs> 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 just spray painting it. Yeah. <laughs> the scariest thing about the Batuta races, there's not much that's scary, but the scariest thing about the Batuta races is that that's where the... You know the boxing tents? Sorry, I was trying to open the can on mic and just copped it in yeah. the eye. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of sponsored content. Yeah. That too bitter. That's uh, yeah, nice and frothy, that one. Yeah, I was trying to open a delicious <laughs> yeah. can on the mic. Yeah. So they got the boxing troops out there in Western Queensland still. Also, I'd love to go in one of those tents. Yeah, and love but, it. but Batuta races the week before Birdsville, so that's where the old boxing tent pull up for a drink. Like they don't even set up the tent in Batuta races because yeah. they're just like, next weekend we're going to Birdsville. Yeah. So do, they, like, do they do the tent at the Birdsville races, yeah. do they? And Have you boys ever been to the tent? Yeah, I've seen the tent in action. Um, it's uh, it's 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 just under the stars. Yeah. So in in yeah. Batuta, yeah, it's like <laughs> no tent. Yeah, there's no tent and there's <laughs> no rules, no, no roof, floor, no rules, <laughs> <laughs> no volunteering. <laughs> just two men trying to switch each other off <laughs> as fast as possible, and also no umpire. <laughs> yeah. It's just literally a bar fight. Yeah. But um, yeah, the tents are crazy. Like they, the old guy Fred Brophy. Who runs it? He's he, been doing it for a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. He? He's yep. got a good book, The Last Showman, and he is a very good like, as he would. Not the greatest, <laughs> just yeah. the last. No, yeah. no, no, no. Hugh Jackman can have greatest. Yeah. Fine, that's a, that's more of a quality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that Hugh Jackman too would be inclined to take him to court either. Because it's just like, how about we just sort it out outside, mate? No lawyers, mate. No lawyers. So he has this thing. He has obviously developed the smarts over the years to gauge when someone's too drunk. Yeah. Or when someone's knocked out. Because he sort of he sort of makes the fights, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he'll, he'll go, okay. He's got the drum. Rally around the drum. So it's like, it's the old Archie Roach song. I think Archie Roach was in with tents as well. But it's like, he all he needs to know is when someone's knocked out or when someone's too pissed to get in. And he, I think he does a walk the plank or something like that. And occasionally, he'll find a guy in an outback town that can beat one of his guys. And they'll be like, that's huge, right? Holy shit. Do you want a job? And yeah. Yeah. more often than not, the kid goes, "Yeah." <laughs> it's like, get in the van. We're going to the next town. And so, just that—that's that, how the talent evolves. Yeah. And it, it just uh, yeah, gets, yeah, you, yeah. Beat, you beat the reigning champ. Yeah. Yeah, and then you or, or anyone. But. And, and the tents really like the the, the fighters are really diverse kind of guys. He's got ex army. He's got like a couple of Asian kids yeah. he's met in the city over the years. Yeah, right. And. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, one of them's called Chopsticks. I wonder who gave that name. It, it was just the, 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 I've seen a doco on it, which I love, mm. and the but it, it, there was also like one of the fights was like you know when Johnny Knoxville fought Butterbean, yeah, yeah in yeah, the yeah. department store, like it yeah. felt a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get every because it's great because the guys who've been talking shit in town for so long, it's like, well, yeah. Brophy's here, mate. Get in the ring, and it's like. Um, <laughs> I'm up against some scrambled Iraq war veteran who's just going to fuck me up. And quite often, yeah. I mean, also Brophy knows when to pull it up. But, you know, you've got like... There's definitely a TV format in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, someone's got to come along and just go, because <laughs> yeah. it's like one of the last bastions of kind of realness. Yeah, yeah. Not taking anything away from the first episode of SAS last year, where they also had a boxing match, but it's probably a little more hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Merrick Watts. Man, he's in the wrong game. Merrick should have been... Yeah. About that life. Yes. Had a thousand yard stare, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Real thousand yard stare. I could, I could do this. <laughs> I think I think they edited it out at the end where Merrick, like, you know, you don't win anything, you've just been selected. And Merrick said, yeah. but I am authorized to kill people now, aren't I? <laughs> Sorry. No, Jeezy. I mean, I, I, I do laugh, but far out. It did not look easy. And he did, he did incredibly well. 
So what's the go with you now, mate? Are you ready for yeah, like say a, a season two? So yeah. it's a pretty good segue. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I was waiting for you to say I'm ready for a rebirth as like a crankier radio guy. Like yeah, the fork like, man. Everyone's always said this about fork man. <laughs> <laughs> Stabbing, stabbing the issues. Everyone's always said this about King Kyle. They were like, he'd be great for a little AM pivot, wouldn't he? He'd be great to. He kind would. Of- he'd be one of the. Yeah. He'd be one of the guys that would. And he probably will do it. Yeah, he'll do it. He'll do it effortlessly. Mm. I reckon he would have done it. He would have done it. Except I reckon he's fi- he's found that he he doesn't have to. Yeah, because no. he's like, well, hang on a sec. I God, I'm doing exactly the same yeah. thing. For much more money, <laughs> yeah. in color and stereo. Yeah, his yeah. I, I don't think his his voice would translate well to AM. Like like it's, mm. it's but very. He, he can I, pull. I, off, he's, found his, he's found his people. He yeah. can pull off common sense though. Funnily yeah. enough, like I reckon he'd be able to get the Grey Army on side and whatever the fuck he was outraged about. Yeah, Paul Murray doesn't have that skill. I don't think he completely understands how to cultivate rage, which Kyle definitely does. Hadley is obviously one of the greats. <laughs> and Alan Jones is the, is the absolute goat. But that's part of the job, right? But John Law's still on here. I yeah. saw an ad in the he paper is, yesterday going, the king still reigns supreme. Is he on an internet streaming? No, thing? no, he's on, like, he's on we, uh, um, one in Sydney. Uh, 2SM, I think. 2SM. Or something like that. But, as, a, as a Melbourne but, boy, um, I got no exposure to the Law's phenomenon, really. But, but I did see. I saw something in the paper that was just like you know the king reigns. It was he's like up, he's up every day. It, it was like a third party had taken out the ad. That was more of like a tribute mate, to him than an ad mate, than an ad to his radio show. Mate, we went and interviewed him at Two SM, and like after all of these years, you, you're just like, oh, this finally get to lay eyes on the man, and it opens up the door, and it's just like. Ugh. He just had. And he, it, it, it was like the weekend of Bernie's. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, but he he has the gold mic, and he looks for an old yeah. codger. He looks so swag, you know. He's got the gold. He's got the you know. He's got the white linen. He's still got the PAs. He's still yeah. in his mind. He's still he's still like, there. Yeah, well, and, yeah. He, and he's still got listeners too. But like, well, he's the king. I saw the ad. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, got, he's something well, like a hundred million you streams. The, you got to see the studio. It's perfect. Like like eighties carpet that goes up the pylons. Yeah, oh, that's and then that's up on the roof. Up on the roof. Yeah. So everything is the same carpet from, yeah, so from the floor to the roof. It's so the mic, the golden mic is the yeah. only thing that's allowed to absorb the bass <laughs> of the voice. Yeah. Every, everything else is just to dull the sound. Well, we will. We, we nice actually, I've just realised we should just quickly mention Lego because that has mm. been a fucking runaway hit. Yeah. Everyone's mums who that- were probably a bit too old to hear you on radio now, you're their darling. Now they're like, now that you're a guy from the Lego Masters, not which also not the useful guy, <laughs> not, not the guy that can build Lego, just host man, yeah. man, 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 not brick man. No man, Lego's really fun. It is a really fun show. And I, I'm, we've been around a long time. You see that format on paper, you go, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my like before I kind of understood the show when I first got when we first got like I got got told about. I was like, okay, how. I guess I didn't know there was that level of talent in Australia as, like, elite Lego builders, like Mm. people that can create just... The more I got into it, the more I realised, oh, this is just a show about art and creativity and Lego happens to be the medium that people are creating in. And that's really beautiful. And I got deeply into it, and I am deeply into it, but the, the real test for me was, like, first day in the studio, it was definitely a make or break. Season one, episode one, I was like, all right... You know, we knew all the stuff to I knew all the stuff to say. Like that particular challenge was like, all right, you're building a city, you've got a city block or whatever. 
I don't know who the, like I, I deliberately just wanted to meet the contestants on the show like rather than kind of figure out who they were beforehand but I do remember clearly in the back of my mind going jeez this could be so boring yeah <laughs> <laughs> this could be terrible this could be like aversion therapy of like you could smoke all these cigarettes you thought you think you like cigarettes smoke yeah. them all <laughs> but but at the end of the day you're gonna make no, you think you like Lego yeah, you like Lego do you yeah. watch it all day <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you know, the day raced by, and that was a 15-hour challenge, which it, on, like, in screen time kind of goes for, like, an hour, but in real time goes for three or four days. At the end of the day, the contestants have gone home, like, all the half-built models and stuff are in the studio, and me and the camera guys are all walking around, like, so into it, like, going, God, what have they done here? Look at this. Yeah, oh, right. shit, look at this building. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, I think this is interesting. <laughs> like, this is good. So that was... You know, I'd love to pretend that, like, oh, yeah, like, I picked it a mile away that this would be good. But I... It was probably a pretty big gamble. It was a gamble. I mean, it felt... Anything in TV is, I suppose. Like, but it felt good. You hope it's going to be good. But that first day was, I think, the moment where I properly exhaled to go, oh, I I actually think there is definitely something in this. Like, because all the fun and stuff that we have on the show and taking the piss out of reality and the stuff that I like doing on the show is all fine. Mm. But it's kind of like the last five percent. If yeah. if if it's not actually interesting to watch people care about the challenge and the buildings, there's no point. It's like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck are we doing in this shed? So I love watching the like. We never mess around with the competition. We mess around with format as much as we can, but we'll never. We don't want to mess around with the Lego. We don't want to mess around with the competition because we do love it and we do care about it. So it's been. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. Was it an original concept? Here, yes or and no, because they do it overseas. Well, there was an English version, right? That was great, like quite. Uh, that season one of their version was like four episodes, Sunday afternoon. It actually kind of was like the MasterChef phenomenon. If you looked yep. at MasterChef from the UK, it looks nothing like the Australian MasterChef. Yeah. So the the UK version was like adults and kids. It was not. It was. Lo- yeah. It was. They, they did a really good job of it. Very but mild. It, it's so not our show. So <laughs> the competitive Lego. Yes, yeah. yeah, so like Channel Nine, just yeah. like the hyperbole up to twenty five. Yeah. Just like the greatest Lego story ever told. Like, wait till you see the yeah. one I just saw the other day, the promo for this season, and it looks sick. It's great. It's great TV, but even I had to like laugh at just like yeah. the. But it's, it's like every promo on Channel 9, every promo on yeah. TV, like yeah. whatever it's like, Farmer wants to What, what, what wife, do they like, say? The, um, the, no, the television season. Television wants wife. I was like, I was like, is it finally going to rain on Farmer Brad's farm? And then on the episode, it's just like, no, nah, we only got uh, 20 points, not that much. Um, probably not enough to put in a crop, which I was really hoping for. But, you know, but like, it's nice having. Yoni here and she's you know being real like real supportive and that but like long awaited television event <laughs> so yeah, anticipated yeah. the most anticipated every, television event like whether it's My Kitchen Rules MasterChef The Block whatever it's like the best season yet yeah. <laughs> like every season is the greatest season of MasterChef and so we've, you know, we've played the game. We've gone hard on that. <laughs> yeah. like you're and not going to believe sure it. Or it will get me. <laughs> Out of the five seasons we've done, this has got to be top three. It's, <laughs> I, I don't think we'll ever beat the second season, but this is right up there. <laughs> but, but it's uh, it's coming. It's coming back, mm. and there's a lot of there's a lot of hardcore promo coming your way. Well, well thanks, for, thanks for joining us today, Haim. We um. 
But I love coming in here, boys. I texted outside and said turn the aircon on. They might have, but it, we're starting to heat up. Yeah, it's well, Friday, Arvo. Let's have a few. It, it does get hot here in the Simpson Desert, Clancy. Oh, absolutely. It's, That's um, what we love about it. Yeah, That's why I move here. It's that dry heat. It's, it's good for the hair. It's, See Australia. It's hot. At- <laughs> And also cold. Yeah. Oh, that's tourism. No, you campaign. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. Dot dot dot. But also cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's dry and it is wet. We've got it all, guys. <laughs> <laughs>